Hello, everyone, and welcome to Are You Freaking Serious? Well, when we take a look at the economic world today and the financial world, we see interest rates very, very low. And a lot of people in their mind have thought, well, that's about as low as they can go. But they forget a couple of things. The first of all, that right now in Europe, in many areas, we have negative interest rates. Of course, most people say that can't happen in the United States. No, there's a line in the sand that's at zero. That's it. That's as low as we can go. But they forget what the gentleman from the Federal Reserve a few years ago, Alan Greenspan, has said most recently that there is no magic line at zero. In other words, we can go below zero. But you see, there's more to it than just the movement of interest rates. Because what's been going on for quite a while is this battle of cash. The battle on cash. The trying to eliminate cash. Now, a lot of people have kind of, with the COVID-19 and other things happening, have put that battle in the background. It hasn't come front and center. But I think that that's something we've got to look at. Because... When we look at the cash, the positiveness of cash, it is the one barrier preventing central banks from imposing negative interest rates. You see, if in fact the Federal Reserve did impose negative interest rates, would you keep your money in money market? Would you keep it in cash, knowing that you had to pay somebody to hold on to your money? I don't think so. You might not make anything on it, but at least you'd have control of it. You could get at it, and you wouldn't have to pay someone to hold it. Put it in your mattress, bury it in the backyard, carry it around in your pocket. No problem. But you see, even stuffing in the mattress, they can't get at it, and they can't control it. You're not losing anything, and you're not earning anything either, but you've got control of your money. Now... What is the direction that the Federal Reserve wants to go? Well, they looked at, quite a while ago, something that was happening with Starbucks. Have you driven through a Starbucks lately and you see the guy in front of you through the window paying for his purchase? He does it with his phone. That's right. Most transactions at Starbucks are not in cash. They have moved to the realm of digital. And when you move to the realm of digital, it becomes a totally different ball game. You see, once your money is all digital, you don't have the option of withdrawing your cash, and you don't have that option of avoiding negative interest rates. You are trapped in a digital pen with no way out. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, but Bill, look at that that new currency that's come out, that cryptocurrency. In other words, a lot of them, but the most significant being Bitcoin. Have you seen the price of Bitcoin lately? $60,000. Yeah, I remember a few months ago talking about it at $20,000. But now we're talking $60,000. Now let's understand something. There was a gentleman many years ago in the 1800s, part of the Rothschild family, who became known as the Baron von Rothschild. And Rothschild von Rothschild simply said this, I care not who controls the government. I only care who controls the money. And so when you take a look at the monopoly that governments have, they have it on money creation. And I don't think there is a central bank out there or a government out there that is going to surrender 
the monopoly to digital currencies like Bitcoin. You see, a lot of people are celebrating right now. A friend of mine who lives a neighbor just down the street is, well, he's, he's got a little piece of a Bitcoin and he's excited about it. And he'll tell me continually how he celebrates the decentralization and the lack of government control. Wow. He said, it's all outside the government's control. I simply look, smile, and believe, and say, what a naive attitude. You see, the blockchain, which is what is critical for Bitcoin, doesn't exist in the ether. That's right. That's despite the name of one cryptocurrency. And it doesn't exist in some faraway planet. Okay? What does blockchain depend upon? Now, for those of you who are listening to this program, listening to this podcast, and don't understand blockchain, it's a significant factor of Bitcoin. It's kind of what makes it happen, the mining and the limitation of the amount of Bitcoins that are out there. All the things that people are talking about, all the positiveness, they look and they see, look straight ahead and they see how good that is. But raise your eyes up, folks. Look a little higher. Always look at the higher aspect of anything. You see, certain things are at various levels, whether they're government, whether they're entertainment, whether they're finance. There's varying levels. And when we raise our eyes and look up, blockchain depends on critical infrastructure. What does it need? It needs servers. It needs telecommunications networks. It needs banking systems. And it needs the power grid. Guess what, folks? All of those are subject to government control. That's correct. That's correct. Government control. And you don't believe, guess what, that governments know that they can't stop technological platforms? No. They know that this is not going to end. Cryptocurrencies are based on those technological platforms. So what is the attitude of the government? Don't fight it. Join it. Or take it over. That's correct. You see, this kind of technology has come too far. It's not going backwards. It's not going to be stopped. And that's the decision that governments have to make. So the central governments aren't going to try to kill the distributed ledger technology, which is behind cryptos. They're simply going to take control of it. Now, they'll patiently wait. They'll watch. They'll watch the technology get better and better developed. They'll let the corporate sector make that control. They'll watch it grow. And then when the time is right, a year from now, two years from now, I don't know when, but they will step in and they will certainly take control. Presents an interesting thinking, doesn't it? If Bitcoin is at $60,000 with the control outside the government, what happens when government takes control, the value? Hmm, could potentially be a very interesting short out there. Okay, but that brings us to something new. The government not sitting around waiting for something to happen. They are slowly in the background developing. And that gives us and brings rise to the central bank's digital currency. Now, this is known as a CBDC. CBDC. Central Bank Digital Currency. The Central Bank Digital Currency actually is being used very significantly in China. But it's growing and getting its, and we'll talk about that in a second, but it's growing and gradually getting its development. It was and is being developed by Massachusetts Institute of Technology in conjunction with the Federal Reserve. 
Now, understand the central banks. For those of you not knowing and understand or thinking about who the main central banks are, the Federal Reserve of the United States, you have the Bank of Japan, you have the European Central Bank, the ECB, you have the Bank of England, and of course, let's throw in there the People's Bank of China. Why? Because they're all in it together. That's correct. They're all looking to take control of cash. Okay, now, unlike cryptos, CBCDCs, or CBCDS, CBCDs, aren't new currencies. They're still in dollars and euros and yen and yuan, just as they are today. The only difference is these currencies are going to be digital. That's right, digital. There isn't going to be any paper money anymore. There's not going to be any cash allowed, which brings us and circles us back to the war on cash. All right. The only format and payment channels which are going to change is that how you're going to pay. You don't step up to the counter and pull a $10 bill out, okay? Because the balances that you have can be held in digital wallets. They can be put into digital vaults without the use of traditional banks. So a, blank, a blockchain isn't needed. The CBDC ledger can be maintained and encrypted as by the central bank itself. You don't need a bank account. You're not going to need a money market fund. You're not going to need a credit card. Okay, what is that? Is that convenient? Sure it is. Everything in one-stop shopping, all in that one little CBCD. Okay, that eliminates credit card transaction fees. You know, most businesses are paying 2 2.5%, They eliminate that. Looks like a good thing. Win-win for the businesses. And then you can take your payments. Hmm. You don't have to have an account. You don't have to pay any servicing fees. You can make your payments strictly, as many people do now, right over the iPhone. Instead of paying it through MasterCard or Visa, you'll now pay it through the central bank, the Federal Reserve. And any other device you want besides the iPhone, you won't need any things that will require that costly wire transfer. So who needs bank accounts? Who needs check accounts, checks or account statements, deposit slips, and all that crappy, clunky stuff that creates the bank relationship. If you're the bank, you're starting to get a little nervous here. An individual Fed count on your mobile phone, that eliminates a whole lot of things. And as I said, this is not something that's beginning to be in the development stage. This has been going on for quite a long time with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. The rollout of the digital dollar, and I recognize, I don't think I want to be shorting Bitcoin right now at 60,000, probably on the way to 100,000. That'd be like a, you know, 66% loss. You kind of get hammered on that one, but it is a few years away. But let's think about something, the implications. The implications are enormous because there's more at stake here than just customer convenience. And what do I mean by that? I mean goodbye privacy. That's right. There is a dark side to the CBCDs. If there's no cash, there's no anonymity. Governments are going to know your whereabouts, your habits. They're going to track everything you do. Go out and buy a stick of gum, a bottle of Coke. Guess what? They'll know about it. And all of a sudden, because to some extent, they can still track your credit card transactions, but the CBDC system is going to make state surveillance more pervasive. As I said, China is leading the way with the CBDCs. 
And this kind of surveillance is the real driving force behind the Chinese People's Bank of China. Okay, now you're talking about global control. You're talking about something that is out there. Now, I know that a lot of libertarians and supporters of cryptos celebrate that decentralized nature, the lack of government control. But as I said, that is a major degree of naivete. And so when you take a look at it, it would be very, very helpful and very, very important if you would remember the words of the Baron von Rothschild. I care not who is running the government. I'm paraphrasing now. I care not who's running the government. I only care who controls the money. And the direction with the war on cash is what the Federal Reserve is attempting to do. Are you freaking serious? That's our show. Until next time. By the way, if you like this show, give us a thumbs up. But more important, tell your friends about it. Just go to BillTatro.com or use any of your devices to click on all of the different podcasts that you can access to. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Bill Tatro.